Hello, my friends. This is Coffee Chug, and I am here with episode 76 with a phenomenal guest, Colleen Graves. You may know her from her work that she's done around her books with Makerspaces with her husband um, as an amazing librarian, and now she works creating a ton of outstanding content for Makey Makey and Joy Lab. So in this episode, we take a look at making and mindset and what we can do for kids and her spirit tools and just so many awesome things. And so make sure you check the show notes for links to all the ideas that we're talking about and the amazing quotes and insights that she shares. More importantly, before we get into it, I would appreciate it if you would just take a couple seconds, screenshot the podcast if you're listening to it on your phone, and share it out with others. I want to get this message out. We are in the in the season of celebrating amazing educators, and I really not only want to celebrate Colleen, but all the other educators that have been on the show. Um, and as we continue to think about moving into the future, into the next year, I'm really looking for educators who have an opportunity that would like to share their learning space and their design and their thoughts behind how they have crafted their learning space, their maker space, their STEM lab, whatever it is that they teach in. And so if you know of anybody that has a, a, a great space, an outstanding space for us to document and learn and talk about and share with others, please feel free to reach out. Let me know so I can start to build the collection of learning spaces so we can all get better. All right, guys, without any more talking let's dive into this interview with colleen graves from makey makey joy labs enjoy woke up at six o'clock in the morning chilling with coffee mugs me and coffee chugs talking education all across the nation pushing boundaries thinking innovation Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker living on the edge of chaos going insane listening to coffee chugs like happy for the boring one of the top teachers in iowa word is born here to show the world that there's more here than corn chaos Hello, everyone. How you doing? This is Coffee Chug, and I'm here with another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. And this is another episode. I feel like a broken record, but every time I bring somebody on, I get so excited. And this one is is, is no exception, especially because I just ran a Makey Makey workshop yesterday, and I get to talk to to one of the, the genius masterminds using Makey Makey in all sorts of crazy ways. And so um, we just need to jump right into the action of less than me talking and, and going right in and, and, and picking the brain of this awesome person. So, Colleen, why don't you go ahead and jump in and let everybody know who you are and uh, what you do. Okay. So, I'm Colleen Graves. Uh, I've been an educator for 15 years, and I actually started using um, Maker Stuff and Makey Makey in 2014. 2015 was when I got really crazy about Makey Makey, but I started using, uh, I started seeing this need when I got a library that I wanted my kids to have a makerspace, and I think it was 2013 when that started. And in 2013, there wasn't really much out there. Like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything. I just knew I wanted kids to be able to make anything they wanted in my space. Um, and I know that still sounds that still sounds like quite a lofty goal, uh, but I think I've really changed my, that tone to you can still create anything you want. It's just going to be a prototype of that thing. Like you maybe not can't make a motorcycle, but you can make a prototype of a motorcycle. Uh, and I saw that kids were kind of turning into these little digital zombies. You know, they're always on their phones. <laughs> they're not really talking to each other. They just want to buy stuff. They want to go to, you know, whatever shop and buy something. 
And I really, uh, really thought that was kind of sad. Uh, and I have my own children. And I thought, well, I got to get like, we got to do something. We got to get kids to be more creative. Um, so I started do, just hosting like weekly Maker Mondays with my students. Uh, and that started out with no money at all, like doing things like how to write a blog, how to create stuff in Minecraft. Uh, when I would bring experts in or the kids would lead the sessions. Uh, and then the next year, things got real crazy when I started doing design challenges with my friend Diana Rendina uh, in Florida. And we did this Makey Makey challenge. And that was when we had, I had gotten the Makey Makeys, finally got them. And I was like, what do we do with these things? Like, I don't even know what to do. So every day... <laughs> Um, we would try a new thing and I would like it, put it on the, the circulation desk and I'd put a drawing and kids would play a piano through a drawing. And then the next day um, I'd hand them some Play-Doh and they'd play a two-person game, you know, on Scratch or somewhere. Uh, and then eventually I just said, okay, well, let's everybody's going to make a game. You have to create your own game in Scratch and create some kind of controller. And my students just made the wackiest, coolest stuff. Um, and... And then I said, okay, well, let's see if we can Skype with the team. And so that's how I met the whole Makey Makey team. This is a really long intro. I no, just this realized is awesome. This I is went awesome. right into the story. <laughs> You're I just like, rocking. I love it. I love it. I'm just going to tell you the whole story. <laughs> uh, so we, went, we met with the team. I had uh, been communicating with them on Twitter. And Liam uh, was their communications guy at the time. And he got the whole team to meet with my students. So we, I, like, met Jay Silver on um on Skype, just like we're doing right now. And I was just like, I was fangirling out. We have Draudio. I'm so excited. You know, I'm such a nerd. Yeah. And he was like, cool. And then uh, I just remember there was this one, and this was right before I started doing public speaking, right before I started doing conferences. I really wasn't like putting myself out there very much until this happened. So this was like a month before a big, my first big speaking, like, not even speaking, it was like a conference speaking gig, like me leading a session. And um, so Jay, I just remember this moment, my student said, what's it like to be so awesome? And Jay said, what do you mean? We're all awesome. Everyone's awesome and everyone has awesome inside of you. It's just you, you choose whether you're going to let it out. And that, that moment was just like this little moment that kind of changed me because I was like, yeah, we're all awesome and we all have it. And that's going to be the focus now, like, on this space in the library. Not necessarily, like, what skills can you learn? What can you do? It's just, how can we unleash our awesome? Like, how can we show people how awesome we are? And it was really, that was really cool. So then um, I went to that and did that session. And then I did a session at South by Southwest EDU with my friend Leah. It was my second time to do a session. And we had, like, 200 people in the room. Holy cow. <laughs> It was maybe more than that. It was insane. It was like two or 300 people. They closed the doors and wouldn't let anyone else in. It's because we were doing a makerspace session, and people just weren't doing that. I was like, that was 2015. Uh, and I met all these people who were like it. I met someone from MakerBot. I met someone here in Austin who does Maker Ready, And I just started kind of meeting all these other makers and what they were doing and just realized like, man, people are doing really cool stuff, but no one knows how to do this stuff. Like no one who's like me, who just has no idea what they're doing, they don't really know where to start. Um, and that was around that time too, I got a donor's choose for Chibitronics notebooks for my oh, girls. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I learned to do paper circuits with my girls. So I didn't know how to do paper circuits. I didn't know how to do makey-makey. 
I jumped full in with my students and learned how to do it with them. Like I also remember a moment during our, um, during our Skype with Jay and the team where they where they, I was like, I don't get this stair piano. How are people doing the stair piano? Like, how are you holding earth? Like I was really stuck on like, I had to hold that alligator clip and I wasn't seeing how I could get away from that. And they're like, well, you just put it on the handrail, you know, like just put earth on the handrails. Oh, like it takes a really big leap to start looking at everyday stuff as a conductive item, as something you can invent with. And I think that like that was the moment where I jumped ship and started making stuff like crazy. So uh, my husband and I wrote the big book of makerspace projects. Oh, look, I have it right here. So I wrote this book. Uh, and really, I was asked to write this because I wrote lessons for Makey Makey. So I wrote the first lesson plans for Makey Makey. And then I got an email that was like, would you want to write a book? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I'm a librarian. Of course, I want to write a book. Right, right. <laughs> and I asked my husband to help me just because I thought it would be a lot better if we both did it. He can write the chapters on like 3D printing and stuff because I was, I'm just not that into 3D printing. Uh, no offense. Right. 3D printers. Um, I actually like them now, but I still, it's not like I'm not big into that. But we just started making stuff and teaching, like writing tutorials. And now, let's see. So three years later, now I work for Makey Makey and I create content all day long. Like that's what I do. And I share, um, I'm, I make stuff, I share how to make stuff, and I try really hard to, um, to create things that other people can create. And a lot of times, my projects aren't really finished projects. They're like a little snippet to get you excited about making something. Like, like I know I wrote a tutorial the other day on like three ways to use Click. It isn't a project. It doesn't teach you how to make something. It just shows you how you can code Click with Scratch. And I think like those little digestible nuggets, like that chunking of maker information, it's another thing that's kind of missing, right? Like you go, yeah. you go to Adafruit or you go to SparkFun and you're going to see these huge projects that take like hours. And we can't really do that stuff with our kids. Like we don't have that kind of time. So um, I really like to make things that I feel like are digestible, like just a small chunk of information, but also things that are going to give kids like what I call invention fluency. So Jay came up with this term called invention literacy, which is, um, creating, like learning how things work, which is another like big thing for me. So if I teach someone, uh, here's how this works. So like that, that thing I just did, I did a guide for Dolly. I was wondering if I think I have that picture book. There's a picture book called Dolly and it's about a little girl who has a doll and she wants to say things other than mama cause she's real tech savvy and she's not in to like playing with dolls. And then her dog eats the doll <laughs> and she has to remake her doll and she teaches it new words, right? And there's Makey Makey in the book. So I was like, oh, this is a great project for kids. Like make a doll and teach it to talk. Yeah. And you can do this in like an hour. Just I just couldn't imagine being like eight and going, oh, wow, I can make my own talking doll. Like, yeah, right. we, like how could I do that? So it's just really cool to me to find these like little projects that give them a spark that hopefully pushes them to go further. Yeah. That was a big intro, but obviously I just went into like three stories on oh, that. Oh, yeah, you just you just you just knocked it out of the park. You get the the uh badge for Podcast. ultimate intro. <laughs> Podcast over. No. Yeah, yeah. No, so there's so many great things in there that you were you were talking about. And one of the things that really stood out to me is that I that I didn't even 
I haven't even thought a lot about myself because I mean I feel like I'm I'm new to the ma- like I love hands-on making but the sharing of stuff and I mean and as you were talking about how you got started like in 2013 and 2015 and then I'm putting it as you're talking going so there's so many educators that feel like they're behind right like they're like I I just feel like I don't even like I'm I'm late to the punch like how do I even get caught up this this mo- notion of like we're not good enough and so as you're talking about that I'm realizing like like for those listening, like you're not behind, like this is such a new, it's oh, like, yeah. it's like the wild west. Right. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there's people sharing things, but the management and how does it fit into a school day? And I love what you're talking about. Like with the nuggets, like, yes, time is always that, that monster that, that we're trying to figure out how to capture and find more of. And it's, it's just not, not always a realistic endeavor. Um, but like, I love your idea of like the nuggets, little tiny tips. And, and for those listening in, like it's like, this is still new territory for everyone, you know, even yeah. people leading the field, like, you know, someone like you, I, I consider you a leader in the field of, of this maker space and, and rethinking library space. I know you're at making, making stuff now doing that. And, and so I guess the, the question I have is, as you were grinding through that and you, you saw this need for kids, you saw this need for this curiosity and engagement. How did you, overcome maybe some of those mental barriers because i mean even in the course of that, in, that intro you said several times like i don't know how to do this i don't know but it didn't stop you and i think for right. so many people we go i don't know how and it, and, and we stop and so yeah. how did you overcome some of that um to get to that point where now you're you're, you're comfortable saying that well, I want to give you one honest moment that everyone can know. I still see things on Twitter and go, oh, my gosh, I could never do that with my students. I could never get this thing done. Like there are people who are doing things that I'm like, I can't do that. And and it's OK to have that feeling. You just have to realize, like, well, here's what I can do. Right. So maybe I can't have a Raspberry Pi project with my students where they spend time, you know, creating uh, something that's going to launch at the start of the, the round. Like, okay, maybe my coding isn't good enough. I can't do that. Uh, but I can, like, we can go together and start learning how to use that code. We can go together and, like, start learning what they want to do. And I think really what happened for me, uh, a lot of it was driven by the students. They wanted to do something, and I had to figure it out to do it alongside them. And it actually took a while uh for me to be where I was above the students. And I think that's the part that a lot of people are afraid of. They don't want to be here and kids here. Um, I know for sure in 2015, uh, my scratch skills were not that good. And somehow I had actually just got really lucky when I did that challenge. My students had been doing um, scratch in fifth grade. Somehow they were doing it all the way back then. Uh, I was in a really like a really good school district. So that's probably why. But they were like, they were coding stuff that I couldn't even believe they could do. And I remember walking in the library one day and seeing some kids playing. And I was like, damn it, they're playing again. (laughs) They're not. They're just playing video games. I'm so mad. I thought I created this culture of creation. And I walk over and I'm like, what are you doing? I thought we were making stuff. And they're like, I am. I'm making this game. And they show me this ball game. It has like 20 levels. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool. And then I looked again. I said, oh, it says remixed from. I'm going to check this later. I think this kid just remixed this. He's like not actually doing anything. And I went and looked back and he remixed it from a game that had one level. He had created. He had created this massive game. And he, I mean, like in the library. 
and I have nothing to do with that. So I think like that was one of those moments too, where you learn, like, it doesn't matter how low your skills are, because if your kids are excited and they're engaged, they're going to build their own skills. Right. Yeah, right. And I think that that was really helpful for me. I even had some kids one time they came in and they were playing and they're making a chasing game. And they're like, how do I do this? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, let's like search for it and let's try it. And then we did, you know, and I think that was the summer that I like started doing scratch courses online and stuff. So where I could figure out things. So I wouldn't be in that, that, um, that feeling but there's nothing wrong with that feeling because kids never see adults do that right and if kids don't see adults fail and have problems and have to search or problem solve then they don't learn how to do it either so um when i was a reading teacher i was really big into modeling like modeling how to do something and so i really carried that on with me as a maker educator here's modeling but modeling not how to do something more of modeling. Here's how you problem solve. Here's how you persevere. Here's how you keep thinking and you don't just start crying when something doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Um, I, that's really, that is a hard thing to do. And so last year I taught elementary school, which was like the biggest leap of uh, change ever. <laughs> and it was really hard, like all the time and kids cry all the time. Elementary school kids, they just cry. Um, and, teaching them how to like deal with it and get on and move on is it is a really difficult thing. And so I think it's very necessary, but, uh, as for how I did it, I mean, it was mostly just seeing kids are kids are strong and they can figure stuff out and they are really smart and we just have to give them that chance. Yeah. I love that. And I know as you were talking through that, I think, I mean, so many things of we, we see so much stuff in the press now about the social emotional well being of kids. And I think, yeah, we, there, there's a lot there. I know the focus when it comes to the media is on the depression and anxiety and things, but I think there's a huge strong element, just like you said, of of us as educators modeling how to work through problems um, yeah. that isn't going to solve the bigger issues, say, of depression or anxiety. But there's an element in that social, emotional well-being of going, I'm comfortable enough to work through something that I don't know. I'm, I'm comfortable enough in my own skin to have several mistakes in this journey to solve a problem. And I think the key there is we as adults need to model that all the time in schools and classrooms. And, and I remember I had that kind of a awakening. I did it when I was at working at a middle school, um, uh, that was up like two years ago. I was showing all these projects in my in my makerspace. It was called the Coffee Chug Cafe. And there's mm-hmm. beautiful polished projects, right? And I'd be like, look at what you guys can do. And the kids would be like, well, I can't. I can't. And they wouldn't even try. So then yeah. I, I had this like light bulb moment of, okay, so I'm, I'm at home in my own little makerspace building all these things, not sharing this journey. I'm only sharing this shiny object. Yeah, yeah. And so I started to do exactly what you talked about, bringing it into the, into the makerspace and working through it. And they'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't, you know, and through that, it, like, it changed everything. And I'm like, yeah. I should not be hiding the journey of me. You know, only thing I have to do is just hide some of my language when I'm at home that I get mad when I, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, other than that, it was good. So I think that, that that's so key. And something else that you said that it's interesting. I mean, I'm having a lot of these conversations, whether I, I work with schools or just online conversations. And so I think I know your answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think it's also a mindset a lot of us have um, okay. in education is this is, is what do you think is, 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 is important and it's kind of like what comes first the chick or the egg but like there's there's one camp that believes 
you have to have the skills before you can go into the doing. And then there's this other kind of camp that is let the curiosity and, and, and engagement go, and that'll naturally lead to skills. And the reason I ask this is I I have a philosophy. I believe in creating the curiosity, the inquiry, whatever that kind of word you want to create. Um, and then the skills will naturally develop because now the people will see a need. Um, and, and I just did a Makey Makey workshop yesterday um, at the time of this recording, and it was just that. Like, we got it right into my goal in the workshop is you need to walk away with something you can use in your classroom tomorrow. And yeah. we do, we, we, we do a little, little mini challenges to get them going. And then it's like full throttle. And they're like, but I don't know how to like, yeah, but if I sit here and do a, a 90 minute demo on scratch, you're going to remember one minute of it because you don't, you don't have a need for all these things. Right. So, um, get going in your project and then we can learn based on what you need. And so, yeah. um, obviously so, there's, there's my philosophy, but I'm curious on, on your take, cause you were talking about skills and vice versa and, and, and yeah, go for yeah, it. It's really tricky. So I think there's a blend, uh, because there are times when kids need to learn skills so that they can do something. And then there are times when they are making something and they need to learn skills so they can finish. Uh, And that's called like just in time, the just in time skills. And I love that theory and it works really great. Like I do this uh, invention literacy project with my students where I, well, I did. And I'll probably go and do it in someone else's school this year because uh, I still actually go to schools and teach because if I don't do that, I'm not like a helpful creator of resources. Uh, uh, So remind me if I don't talk about Ann Richards to talk about that. Uh, So I do this invention literacy project where my students are made, they they just make whatever they want, right? So you make whatever you want. The job is actually, it's like a research project. How does this thing work? So you research it. And then now how can you make your own? Uh, And then it became this thing where it was, how can you make your own with recyclables, which really fits in with that makey makey philosophy of inventing with everyday stuff. And so there was no like preset skill loading for that. And I remember when I taught high school, I had a kid and she wanted to make a flashlight. And we actually, I take it back. There was some preloading. We did do some stations where kids learned to use little bits, learned to use makey makey and made paper circuits, really basic 10 minute stations so that they could learn how to do those things. So they'd have some interest in them because otherwise they're just all going to make stuff out of cardboard, right? Right. right. So, right. so, uh, so there was that. But I remember a girl who wanted to make a flashlight, and she said, "Well, uh, I really want these things to stick together. How can I do it?" I said, "Well, you want to learn to solder. You want to do that?" She was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll learn to solder." So I like taught her how to solder. Eventually, it didn't work, right? Her project didn't work. It's the soldering. Like she didn't really learn uh, a great deal of how to solder because you know you got twenty five kids. You're trying to teach them one something. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I love that, that like, I love that when a kid's like, well, now I need to learn to do this. How can I do this? Um, but I do also see a lot of importance in teaching kids how to do something. So I did have soldering workshops where we learned to solder, but it has to be a purpose. It's not like we're just going to go in and say, okay, I'm going to learn to solder. What are we going to make? You know, so uh, we had the public library come in and we made the little makey badges with oh, the, yep. the guy uh, from from make yep, and yep. the not the guy the what do you call it their icon not icon a little like logo guy yeah they're the mascot there the mascot go. there we go there's the word the mascot <laughs> Woo, we got the also it's called makey so anyway we did that and then they wanted to do more soldering and we all we, i ended up doing a donor's choose and we did a soldering workshop on putting together a radio 
Putting together a radio is a great way to learn how to solder. It doesn't necessarily teach you how a radio works. So like there are important things like we can do this. I love building kits from Spark Run and Adafruit. It's like you said, you get the box, you like are going to learn to do something. But that and that so like getting those skills is still important. Now, there's not much time in a school to do that. There's not much time during the day to do that. But I think that like there is a good blend because if you just say, okay, make something. You get that like that white paper syndrome when you're writing. I mean, you don't say write something. So you have to have some purpose and that purpose could be skill based or it could be like you just said. Uh, what was your challenge? You're going to make something to take with you to school. Yep. So you have to have that purpose. So this is where I was going to talk about Ann Richards was uh, I went to do a workshop at Ann Richards. And like the first day I had like one notion of what, what they'd already done. And I was incorrect. <laughs> so, what they already done. <laughs> and so like I just tried to make them use makey makey and they did okay. But the next day I said, okay, well now here's what we're going to do. You are going to create a drawing about a city in space, a future, futuristic city in space. And then we're mm-hmm. going to use that drawing to learn how to use Makey Makey. That's it. Right. Like that. So that was skill based, but it had a purpose, like some bigger purpose. And it wasn't just like using a Makey Makey, just to use a Makey Makey. It was using it to make the drawing interactive. So like there is a, there's, there's a little like a both. Yeah. I'm a little in yeah. the both camp. Yeah. And I would agree that there is that, I mean, there is that blend. I mean, I, I, as, when I was working with teachers yesterday, I have to keep referencing the workshop, but the ideas are fresh in my head. It's this idea of we also have to remember that you don't know what you don't know. And so if we just right. tell kids, hey, we're going to do this presentation, they're going to resort to what they've always okay. known, a PowerPoint or a triboard. And so, you know, you have to expose them to ideas. Um, you have to expose them to some sort of, like you said, the little mini challenges, you know, just like in, in, in a workshop, you know, what is the circuit? How do we get the light to light up? And, and mm-hmm. now when you get into these things like, oh, I, you know, where do I take this? But it doesn't have to be, uh, I guess I tell, I tell teachers and people I work with, doesn't mean we're going to do a a vocab quiz and doesn't mean we're going to do a fill fill in the blank um, note guide and then take notes on my lecture on, on what a circuit is like, no, 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 no. let's build and play and make a circuit. (laughs) Now you understand how it works. Yes. Yeah. We're learning with our hands. We're learning by we're playing. Um, I had the, I went to the best workshop last year uh, by Josh Ajima from design make teach Mm. and he, it was called like making with the hands, the head and the heart. And we made a paper circuit, right? And that was great. And we learned to make a switch with this little like matchbook thing. And then Josh said, okay, well now let's put this straw on the end and have a lightsaber battle. Like, let's have this lightsaber. <laughs> so we have this lightsaber battle and we have this fun. And suddenly there was actually more meaning. Just even that there was more meaning to having a circuit than before. And so like, Creating that meaningful experience for your kids is important because otherwise, when they come to the part where you say, okay, now make whatever you want, they might not remember about paper circuits. But if they had a lightsaber battle and they really enjoyed it, they might. They might go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that instead of a candy dispenser. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All the kids want to make candy dispensers, which is really hard to do. Yes. And they, that's all they want to make. Like fourth graders are like, I'm going to make a candy dispenser out of cardboard. That'd be the coolest thing. And they're like, yeah, it would be really cool. But it's also, you have like a week to do this. Yeah, it's, it's going to consume every waking moment of your life outside of school if they were to get this done. Yeah. Oh, but, but it is important to let them do that and fail. Like, yes. I mean, 
you can guide them in the time zone. Like we do talk about timing. Can you do this? Uh, but if a kid, like I remember I had a kid during that project one time that was like, we want to get the speaker out of the laptop. Like there's this old laptop. We want to get the speaker out and we want to use it to power our, uh, they did the shoebox projector thing. And I was like, I knew full well, there is no way that they were going to, they could get the speaker out, but there's no way they were going to figure out how to wire it up. Right. To work. Right. Like they just weren't going to, that wasn't going to happen in a week, but I let them do it anyway. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. about how much they learned taking the computer apart. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's so spot on. I love that. Um, yeah. And there, there is that like, what are we going to do? Here's the time. Here's your vision. I'm not here. I'm not the one to tell you that you can't achieve this because kids yeah. surprise me every single day, but you just need to realize like you've, you've, you're biting off a lot here in this project. You know, yeah. do you still want to go forward? You're not yeah. a yes. And let's roll. I'll be your platform, but this is, you know, this is your dog and pony show. Let's, let's, let's giddy up and yeah. get rolling. You got to give them the warning. <laughs> there was a kid who wanted to do the robotic hand with Makey Makey where I knew it had like programmed with Arduino. And I was like, listen, I've made like, a million makey makey projects and I can't do that. Like I can't do that. So you could try, but maybe you should just make a robotic hand and not worry about like powering yeah. it up. Like maybe you should just make it with cardboard and straws. So you can guide them. But you I think that's also really tricky. Like when you should let them fail and when you should go, oh well you're gonna waste your whole time and not really like figure something out. So I think that's it's like such a hard line to walk, it you is, know. It is, it is. And it's definitely individual the kid too, right? Knowing their tolerance, knowing how they're going to be able to bounce back. I mean, there's there's that's why teaching is uh such a specialty field because you yeah. really, you really got to know your kids and, and building those relationships so you know, okay, all right, you know, I got this I got this Colleen over here in, in the corner just working like crazy. I think she'll be okay even if she doesn't succeed, you know, but Aaron over here, oh boy, we better we better yeah. hug him and move him on to something else because it's yeah. just not You're the... totally <laughs> You're totally right. Like yeah. my kid, if she wants to make something and I know she's not going to succeed, I'm like go for it. You're going to you're that's not going to happen. It's not going to work, but You'll be fine. Yeah. But I know there are other kids where you're like, oh, that's the kid that uh, really has problems, like not moving forward. So let's make it a little bit easier for them. Yeah. So. Sometimes you got to build that confidence and to get to that point where you then can be like, yeah, go for it, you know? And, yeah. And so it's great. But well, I want to be cognizant of your time. And we've had so many great things. I'm over here. For those sure. that can't see, I'm just taking all these notes. But um, And I'll make sure I put a screenshot into the podcast uh, so people okay. can see. But what I'm looking at now, and I've seen yes. your, your, your workshop behind oh. you. Um, I actually reference your magnet strip of your alligator clips in a work. I do a, a make geeking workshop. So uh, amazing. My, my little timer here going on. Well, you know, that magnetic alligator clip thing is amazing for me because I'm short. And so if I were to try to pick them up, cause I did have them hanging. So now if I need one, like I yeah. just pull it down That's and awesome. it comes, it comes right off. It's, like awesome. it's really, it's really important for me. So getting yeah. them back up there is hard. But. Yeah. Hey, there you go. But yeah, so I'm looking at this, and so the question, I heard this question on Cool Tools Podcast, okay. um, and I can't remember who the guest was that said it, and now it's like, I wrote this question down, I'm like, this is the greatest question to end on in my podcast is, okay. so it's kind of like spirit animal, but like, what's your spirit tool? So if you had to pick like your one go-to tool that no matter what you do, you couldn't live without, and I know there's many, and so if you want to cheat, maybe show more than one you can, but I'm just curious because I think it's so cool because the one question that people always ask is what do i need to buy for my space right and so oh yeah uh, well so what do you got here 
I'm pulling them down. So uh, it depends yeah. on what you consider a tool. Because sometimes I consider Makey Makey a tool, and I consider yeah. Paper Circuits a tool. So like, I my two favorite go to in the maker. I don't know what to call them anymore. Like we called them. Uh, we were we had this whole discussion on calling them open ended kits. Like, what's a kit that's open ended? Oh, yes. Um, because you know there are other things you put it together. That's it. You're done. So Makey Makey and Chibitronics are like my ultimate favorite expensive tools. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, they call yeah, them. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I remember I actually decided I would call them a material. I call them a material. They're like a piece of a project. Uh, so, but something that I can't live without is my zip snip oh, for man, cardboard. I, I love it. I love it. This thing is like the best. Uh, and I found that about this, I think, from Josh Berker. They actually stopped making this one. I think you have to buy a different one now. Yeah, uh, I, I just had a really teacher expensive. tell me they, they had to go, they had to buy a Black & Decker version, and they said it wasn't the same. Um, yeah, because I bought, I actually bought, like, 20 of these for workshops I lead. Mm. Uh, because they're, like, this is also very safe. Yes. Uh, I do not actually still let children use it, like, under 6th grade. Maybe sixth grade and up, I might let them use it, but I still cut for them uh, with these. And then my other favorite tool are these insane cardboard scissors. Ooh. They're canary cardboard scissors. And let me see if do I have a good piece of cardboard? I only have. Oh man! Well, it doesn't matter because it's not a video. You're not doing all video. But these scissors, they seem like they're really hard to use, but they cut cardboard so well, and they're like much safer than using like my canary saw and i think i learned about these from casey shea because i was talking about using these canary yeah, saws i use those. that's what i use yeah i love these but i did have a kid cut himself yeah i had a teacher cut herself in my a workshop a month this, ago and i was like geez. these are these are dangerous so i i I, I did let students use these but i told like we went through a safety workshop yeah. before we could do it and, and if I ever saw them cutting the wrong way, I took them away. Um, I mean, unless you stick your finger in this and cut it, like, you you know, with regular scissors. These are just scissors, but they're super cool, and they really cut cardboard well. I yeah. think it's the angle and just everything about them. So yeah, I need to get a pair me, of those. I don't have those. Yes. Yeah, I also have, like, 30 of these. So when I lead a workshop, I buy tools that their children can use. Like, yeah. if your students can't use it, it's not fair for you to use it. So... I mean, I know I just said that I don't let kids use this, but, you know, if I can't have it in my space, right, I don't want right. it. Right, And we talked about I had – so I've shared that tool before. So in the workshop I had yesterday, I had some teachers, and they use it. And they're like, you know, um, they were working with, like, this teacher was, I think, fourth or fifth grade or in that range. And, and she lets the kids work, but they're right next to her. But she's right. got – you know, right. and, I, and it, but the conversation was, you know, you, you got to work really hard to hurt yourself with that tool, but – kids are kids and someone will find a way you know but kids I mean, are like <laughs> can i get my finger yeah, in? yeah exactly if yeah. i can yeah. you know like yeah. <laughs> they just do that they're just awful like they're, that they're just kids man they gotta they don't you know they're indestructible curiosity right? yeah absolutely yeah it's like how do we tap that i want to put my finger in in a in, in a moving blade into the learning of the, of the uh, objective of the day right <laughs> stop doing that let's actually use that curiosity for good okay yeah well, I love it. I'll make sure we get links to all the show notes in the show notes to those tools and everything else that you mentioned. And, and as we bring this to a close, Kelly, is there anything else that you'd want to share with the listener? We've talked, you've, you've given a ton of awesome ideas, um, but is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to address before we uh, wrap I this up? 
I think it's so important for teachers to realize that they too are awesome inside and everybody's awesome and you have the power to do things you never thought of and don't don't hold yourself back and focus on what you like. If you like knitting, bring knitting in first, you know, and then maybe you can learn to sew like circuits. And, you know, if that's where you if that's where you start, then start there. You don't have to start with a 3D printer. I, I use 3D printers, but it's still not my favorite thing. Um, and I think that's really important to just focus on your own. I mean, you need to focus on the students, but if you're uncomfortable, they're going to see that too. So like start taking some risk. And, um, you know, if you don't follow Lee Martin and his daredevil edu hashtag, it's all about <laughs> taking risks. And, you know, the, you'll actually, you almost get an adrenaline rush when you do that, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, I did this thing and it works. It actually, that's probably the, the actual last thing is, Two hours of like hard problem solving is so frustrating, but you do get a, a rush of euphoria when that that problem is solved. It is amazing, and it's a great feeling, and our kids deserve that. So that's awesome. I can't think of any better way to end it, Colleen. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I can't thank you enough for your time, and oh, uh, and I, I just I just can't, can't appreciate the work that you do for Makey Makey, the way you're sharing and empowering all of us as educators and students to keep doing this work. And um, I, I really look forward to hearing the feedback and what people have to say about all these amazing insights. So thank you all so right. much. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you.